0: All right, welcome to another episode of Community Pulse. Uh, my name is Jason Hand and I can be found on Twitter, at Jason Hand.
1: Hey there everyone, it's Mary Thingval, Mary underscore Grace on Twitter.
2: And I'm PJ Haggerty and I can be found at Esplenic on Twitter.
0: And uh, thank you for joining us. It's uh, It's been a little bit of a, um, a few minutes, a few months, a few, I don't know, hours, a few long times since we've all been on the call together and, and uh, doing one of these podcasts unfortunately I think it's gotten super super busy for all three of us um, I know for myself uh, I've just had a ton of travel for for work for Victor Ops and uh, literally just have not had a moment to try to record one of these and, and uh, uh, but now that uh, uh, sort of the travel conference season is over at least for me I'm looking forward to, to trying to get some more content going and some more episodes recorded and I think we've got some pretty good ideas for for 2018, but uh, maybe we can go around the horn and, and everybody can share kind of what's been what's been going on lately. Yeah, we'll start with you, Mary.
1: Sure. So just a few changes for me. Nothing, you know, major. Uh, but I left my job at SparkPost um, back at the end of October, um, and I've been out doing stuff on my own for a little while. So I've got a couple different clients that I'm working with, doing some consulting, some contracting. Um, Digging into some of the side projects I've been neglecting as well. Um, Working on finishing up my book on the business value of developer relations and getting moving on that, which makes my editor very, very happy. Um, We'll talk about talk more about that in a little bit, but uh, working on that and then hoping to invest some more time in the podcast. I know we want to be doing things on a more regular basis and a lot of what we've been struggling with is just keeping things on track and keeping it organized. Um, so I'm hoping to pick up some of that responsibility coming up here in a bit.
2: Okay. For, for me, uh, it's kind of actually a similar story to Mary's. Uh, I left the company I was working for um, and started a DevRelations-as-a-Service business called DevRelate I.O. Um, and it's been interesting. It's growing a lot faster than I expected it to. Uh, so it's, it's been a lot of fun. But uh, also similar to what you were saying, Jay, uh, like lots of travel, lots of uh, you know, exotic locations. I think I've been to seven different countries this year, um, including Canada. I think some people have heard of this Canada before. a
1: very exotic location it's
2: crazy it's great the people are so different um they're all polite and also sorry uh but but yeah i mean it's just it's it's been crazy i think that's that kind of fed into the the missing out on a few episodes here and there uh that we could have done um but i think 2018 is going to be our, our comeback year and we're going to do better um we're all going to be in a better place we're all going to be happier and have more time to spend on this wonderful podcast that we do
0: can, continuous improvement. Always looking for, for ways to make this better.
2: Exactly. Indeed.
0: Yeah, it's been, and that, been. Leads to,
2: that leads to continuous deployment, which is
0: the thing that we, we've been lacking. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> we haven't quite figured out how to do that. Um, so, so hopefully recommend
1: building the processes for that.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. So, Um, Yeah, and for me, I've um, it's just been a busy, busy time. This like Q3 getting into Q4 period. I think I've been on the road um, or been someplace outside of the Boulder-Denver area um, like seven of the last eight weeks. So um, it's been a long, it's been a long, uh, exhausting journey. But here we are, getting into the holidays. It feels good to actually be at my home, hanging out with my my pets, sleeping in my own bed.
1: Right. Um, I think we're all at home this time which yeah I don't
0: know the that, last
1: time that that happened I
0: think it was last January when
2: we did like the first episode <laughs> of this year. the last time we were all at home
1: it's entirely meanwhile, possible
0: meanwhile everybody listening is like oh poor them they, they get to go all over the place And
2: what it's interesting you bring that up because I think that one of the things that people forget is is the the journey that gets you to the the fun and exotic locations you know they don't realize that you know Even even just to drive. Sometimes you're stuck in traffic for four and a half hours for a 45 minute drive or Mm -hmm. that, you know, um, I I think when we did the travel, the travel episode in December of last year, Jason, you talked about the fact that like, you know, you know, every restaurant in the Detroit airport because everyone goes to the Detroit (laughs) airport and you know what, you know, which side of the rave tunnel, you know, the Wendy's is at. (laughs) <laughs> uh, like it, 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 it's, it's, it's these, you know, you, you understand, yes, you understand the ins and outs of Airbnb and, and Uber and Lyft and all of the various travels you every, you are a member of every airline. Because, and the, the front
1: desk people at your favorite hotels know you by name. Or, exactly. Exactly. You know, for me, no Ember by name. So that works too.
2: Well, actually we were going to talk about maybe putting Ember, Ember on the podcast instead mm-hmm. of you.
1: Yeah,
2: we're gonna put Awkward. you in more of a director role.
1: Um, <laughs> I see how it is. I see. Let's, let's have an
2: on-screen right. presence. Same comp for now, though. We can talk later. All yeah, right. Yeah.
1: All right.
2: Your end of your review is coming up.
1: Thanks. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but speaking speaking of reviews, let me let me ask ask both of you. Um, I don't want to say best event of the year because I feel like that's unfair. We go we we all three of us get to go to a lot of great events, and I don't want to uh, diminish any of them, but. What was maybe your favorite event or favorite activity at an event that you had this year?
0: Hmm. Gosh, for Mary, you got one off the top of your head. I'm still to have to think about I'm this. Gonna, one. I'm going to come
1: out the gate with cheesy and say DevOps days. Rockies was awesome because it was oh, the yes, first time it was. that all three of us were together. That's true. Ever. Ever. And I think maybe the first time that the two of you had ever met in real life.
2: So. Yeah, it
0: was. Mm-hmm.
1: So that, that definitely tops my charts for this year.
0: Yeah, and we're starting to kick off planning for that for the next one too now. So nice, yeah. thank you. Awesome. That, I, I agree, that was fun. Just it's it's a uh, it's fun, but it's also sad because it's such a busy time. You know, for me as the organi- one of the organizers, um, I want to be able to spend time with everybody that's there, but it's just it's not possible. But it was really awesome to get all three of us together and see everybody on stage and talk about what's going on. So yeah. I mean, meanwhile, you can hear my dog slurping water over here. <laughs> <laughs> put him outside
1: really for really. Me, my uh
0: my favorite event um i don't know like reinvent's always a, just a big mess it's big it's it was forty thousand plus people this year all up and down the strip um but it, it's just such a i don't know just it's a crazy event there's nothing there's nothing like it and it's um it's it's always at the end of the year and it's everybody's really stressed out but also everybody's sees that light at the end of the tunnel. And definitely, I can say, like, for me, uh, being sort of at the booth and having a ton of conversations right at the end of the year is really, really sort of rewarding. And then being with my team, a lot of, a lot of us go to that event, and we, we get to sort of enjoy sort of, uh, I don't know, wrapping up a, a good year for us. I don't know, there's just a lot of, like, team building and, and, and spending time with, um, you know, people that you care about You spend a lot of time with, I don't know. It was just, for me, it's a, it's, it's not the event itself. It's just the there's so many of us from my company there together and it was, it was pretty cool. But, but I would also say in terms of just like, what was my most enjoyable conference, just from a conference standpoint, um, I think probably going out to uh, Amsterdam, actually their, their DevOps days is, was one of the more unique ones. They've been doing it longer than a lot of the other ones. And so, um, I've taken some things, uh, some ideas from them that I hope to implement to DevOps Day's Rockies this year. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I, we were talking before th- we're, the recording here. I think, I think I'm think i around 30 events for this year. And I haven't quite wrapped my head around where all I've been and which ones were good and which ones weren't. But it was a good year overall. Yeah,
1: awesome. I think my favorite event from a conference standpoint was probably Codeland, um, which is happening for a second time in 2018. Um, but it's just, it's this incredible conference that brings together folks who are relatively new to the coding industry. Um, and it's run by a one-woman show, Saran, and she's amazing. Um, and she runs Code Newbies, um, the podcast, the Twitter chats that happen once a week, all of that. Um, and it was just, it was an incredible conference from a speaker aspect, from a diversity aspect, from a just, freaking cool people there. Um and she's done such an amazing job nurturing that community and bringing those people together and making sure that it's diverse and good people and good standards all along the way. Um she's actually someone that I would love to have on the podcast and talk to her about how she built that community and what's what's different about it and how it works. Um but that was a it was a really really cool event and I'm excited that they're doing it again this year. So that's awesome. What about you, PJ? What was your favorite event from the year?
2: Um, well, it's kind of, uh, I, I kind of have two. And I know that that goes completely against the concept of the word favorite, but I'm going to say two anyway. Um, I, w- I went to Web Summit this year and had an amazing time. Um, I was talking to Jason earlier, and I, 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 I haven't done quite as many as I did. I did about 27 events this year. And Web Summit was, it's always interesting. There's 60,000 people. It's in Lisbon, Portugal. It's, it's absolutely insane. But uh, the the highlight kind of was uh, I got to meet Gary Kasparov, who is a grand chess master, and I got to play against him. Um, And while that's not techie, that was probably one of the coolest things I've done all year. Um, But as far as as conferences go, um, I, for the first time in a couple of years, just because of uh, work and and, and moving off in other directions, I was lucky enough that uh, one of my new clients uh, wanted me to go to RubyConf for them. And I haven't been to RubyConf in years, but RubyConf is always, I've, I've always been a big part of the Ruby community. I've always loved the Ruby community. It's its its the most open arm and about to give you a hug community I've ever been involved in. Uh, so I was thrilled to go. It was in New Orleans, um, which is always an amazing time. Uh, we had a wonderful karaoke party, of course, uh, because-
1: Always, when, when PJ's around, karaoke. Karaoke, <laughs> just, it just
2: happens. It just kind of magically happens. Um, but yeah, like it was, it was wonderful to be in that community and see old friends and make some new friends and see that, you know, it's still a growing thing and not so much, you know, it's not the new hipness anymore, but it's still a wonderful community to be a part of and and they're doing great things there. So RubyConf in New Orleans was definitely a lot of fun. Hmm.
1: So that's, that's actually an interesting note. Um, You mentioned Ruby isn't the, the new hipness anymore. And that's been something that I've been thinking about a lot lately. And it's, kind of community related and kind of programming related and, and just interesting. Um, one of the things that I think we face at every company, uh, or at least most companies with, with an API or most companies trying to dig into a particular audience is, well, which, which developers, which ops folks, which people do we talk to, you? what languages do we target, which, which groups do we reach out to, right? Um, and I think we tend to go after, well, what are the most popular languages? Right but it always seems to sway towards what are the most popular languages that are the the new hit languages and the new interesting ones. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the stats, and who knows how accurate the stats are, as always, but if you look at the stats, things like Java and C Sharp, and those are still at the top of the charts as far sure. as things that are most often used.
2: Well, yeah, I, I think I think the interesting thing there is I mean cuz I'm assuming when you talk about top of the charts you're talking about the TIOBE chart. Yeah. Um, which is kind of the the gold standard in what's being used. Mm-hmm. But the one thing the one little thing I've always been able to 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 kind of see as a whole in TIOBE charts is it doesn't account for size of company using it. So if you say, you know, 500 million people are using C#. sharp mm-hmm. That's great. How many of them work at Microsoft? Fair. Take take that into account. Then, you know, take the how many are working at IBM like if you're looking at big huge companies, sure if you're looking at a 10 developer dev shop they're probably using mm. go or elixir or ruby
1: right um, because
2: right. a it's free and open source software is always easier for a startup mm-hmm. um and b it's something that has a lot of documentation behind it it's a lot easier to use so i i, I love tayobi i think it's a great informational
0: resource but take it with a grain of salt
1: yeah absolutely
0: does, does github um or any tool similar to github do they track that kind of stuff so when you do a
1: when you do a github search you can search by cool sort this by language tell me how many you know i want to see all repos that mention spark posts that have you know ruby link or ruby code in them right Mm -hmm. so you can go through and sort by those things and that's an interesting way to do it too right because then you get the open source side of things as well as the popularity, if you will, mm-hmm. um, and again, you still deal with size of company and things like that, but one of the interesting things that we ran into right before I left SparkPost was we had someone, and we, we tracked this on a regular basis, you know, tell me how many how many repos either mentioned in the title or the description mentioned SparkPost um, and aren't created by the SparkPost org, and then we'd manually filter out the employees as well, um, and then we'd go through and go, okay, cool, there's X number that are written in JavaScript, X number that are written in Ruby, X number that are written in Java, and kind of go through and like lump those together, so if it was a JavaScript framework, it would go under the JavaScript umbrella, um, but someone wrote one, they wrote a cold fusion wrapper for our API. Right. And wow. for those of you who are listening, you can't see the looks that I just got from Jason and
2: PJ. <laughs> <laughs> for those of you on the video, you to- you totally know why. Right.
1: Exactly. <laughs> um, but it was fascinating because we sat there and laughed about it for a moment or two and went, ha ha, well, we probably won't be writing blog posts about that. And then I went, hang on, hold up. Because <laughs> if someone's writing a cold fusion wrapper, turns out maybe people actually need a cold fusion wrapper because think about how many companies are still running on code that they can't get rid of yet, right? Legacy mm-hmm. code that's stuck that they can't, they don't have the time to work through it, they don't have the time to switch it over, and they need to be able to use these APIs in languages, in frameworks, in things that work with the current software that they are running.
2: Well, so I mean, I've, I've, I've been to a lot of events and things where, where people, you know, especially meetups, where people are, they're interested in PHP or Ruby or, or whatever, And that's what they do kind of on the side but they're also as 400 experts and that's what they do with their day job or you know or cold fusion or other things you know cobalt if you're a cobalt developer you're going to be a millionaire in about five years because all of these banks don't know how to don't know how to transition systems so if you know you know an open source language like python for example and you know cobalt and you can you know move cobalt systems to another space you're going to make a lot Hmm. of money and then you could do some wonderful conference talks about how horrible it is to do that.
1: Absolutely.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: But yeah, at some point I think I'd love to to get like cool, who's the who's one of the top community folks in cold fusion? Who's one of the top community folks in JavaScript? Who's one of the top community folks in Ruby? Who's one of the, you know, and kind of well. do like a a panel of where did these come from, and how did the community start? And what changes have you seen in the community as these other languages have started coming up? Right, it yeah. fascinating to to have that conversation and see see what came out of that. We well, ought to is, uh, we
0: we ought to put something in our in the collective Slack group and see if we can you know get some names tossed around. But also, if there's anybody listening and, and you kn- you can think of somebody, or maybe that person is you, let let us know. I think we're one of the things we know we. want to try to do you know into 2018 is definitely get onto a more consistent cadence you know we always aim for one a month but with as much travel as we're doing it just hasn't panned out that way but um i think we we sometimes too choose our own topics and our own content and um i don't know i'd love to hear from from the people that you know that do listen to the show like what what's valuable for you what do you want to hear about um you know, I have ideas and opinions, and, and as do PJ and Mary. But um... I have no opinions. I just have facts.
2: <laughs> yeah, about that.
0: <laughs> but yeah,
2: uh, I, I think it'd be great if we had like a, a listener poll. You know, email us at you know PJ or Mary or Jason at Community Pulse, and we'd be happy to hear what what are the things that you want to what do you what do you want to know about?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think one of the things that I'm really working on for the new year and for now as well um because screw making resolutions at the beginning of the year make them whenever you want to um anyway but is just making sure that i'm not in an echo chamber i think so often we tend to focus on cool you know we're in some of the bigger tech cities or we work out of the bigger tech cities or at least engage with people in the bigger tech cities right and so like how many of the the folks in the evangelist collective the Devrel slack are you know, in those bigger tech cities and how many of them are actually in the quote-unquote flyover states, right? Mm. Like how many of them are having to deal with technologies that aren't as new and exciting and feel like they don't have as much to talk about, but still have insight into how those communities are working and how they're running and what we can do with them.
0: Yeah, and while I'm thinking about it, um, Mary, do you know off the top of your head how many people, how many folks we have in our collective now?
1: I think we're over... I know last time I looked, we were over 600. I think we might be over 700. Um, That's another side project that I really need to devote (laughs) some time to.
0: Yeah. Um, So the reason I'm asking is because it's, and I've mentioned this to you, there's been a few people um, within the past month or so that I've run into who have, you know, for whatever reason, set their sights on evangelism and community efforts as like their next career thing, their next career path. Right. Um, people I've run into you know at various conferences um, we, d- we haven't gone into like a deep dive in terms of like why they were looking to switch but they've, they've asked you know where can I learn more about evangelism and I, of course I always tell them about the, the collective and, and I still need to get them get them plugged in there got to get them hooked up but um, I just thought it seemed like there's a little bit of a trend in the, like the last quarter of this year yeah. where uh, people are definitely more interested um, I've also had uh, I get, and I'm sure you guys do, also uh, a ton of people not only asking me about evangelism and what that's like, but also companies coming to me. Um, usually, the question starts with "Are am I available? Would I come?" and it's always a no. I love working at Big Drops, and um, but the, it's um, it, it's it's cool. It's nice to hear people like coming to folks like us um, and asking how they can you know, how can they be involved and how can they bring in evangelism, whatever that looks like into their company and, and, um, or how can they become an evangelist? And I don't know. It just seems like for me anyway, from my own direct experience in the past, um, I would say like three months, um, it's become <clears throat> much more of a, of a conversation in both startups. And if you look at like what's going on, all, on over at Microsoft and all of the people, the awesome people that they've brought in this year, uh, which by the way, I think that could make for a really fun um, episode is to try to get those people in there Absolutely. Um, and, uh, or on the show. And uh, I don't know, just, it's really refreshing and sort of, um, I'm struggling with words this morning. My coffee hasn't really kicked in, but <laughs> I feel like it, not only is it becoming an important role within the company but it's 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 uh like the salary seems to be increasing mm-hmm. with it. Uh, I know a, a few friends recently that have taken some uh, some evangelism r- jobs and and you know that's it I feel like I don't have to convince the two of you this is a hard job this is probably yeah. the hardest job I've ever had and um you know sometimes comp is tough or tricky to figure out what it should be what's a fair thing, especially when you're working with a bunch of engineers, mm-hmm. um, you know, and who are likely being paid top of market just to keep them, you know, keep them around, keep them happy. And I think evangelism is getting into the same place, or at least yeah. my flavor of evangelism. I can't right. say that's what it's like across all of dev advocacy and, and all that kind of thing, but yeah. but it's, it's, it's sorry, it's, go ahead. No, I was just saying it's, I, I feel like we've We've arrived, like it's a thing yeah. that is now, is not just a nice to have, it's actually making a big difference
1: mm-hmm. with yeah, the and, they're,
0: and they're willing to pay for that, which is yeah. kind of, you know, very good. Cool. It's cool. slowly, slowly becoming a need to have.
1: Yes, mm-hmm. and so that's one of the interesting things that, part of the reason I'm so excited to be doing stuff out on my own and, and doing some consulting and contracting right now is that I'm seeing that and noticing that so many more people are, you know, either, they were developers in a past life and they're interested in pursuing dev relations or they're they're interested in moving into this field that type of thing as well as so many companies that are finally going oh hey we're missing that community bit we need something there and i had a fascinating conversation with uh, a good friend of mine the other day who was saying like i i don't think i could ever do the the consulting thing because i like being able to dive deep into one particular community and I told her, I think the thing that I figured out is that this opportunity for me, I'm still diving deep into one community. It's just that community is developer relations. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I'm, I'm working on finishing out the book about the business value. I'm working on this podcast. I'm working on the the collective slack that we have. All of those types of things that I feel like there aren't the resources for. And, you know, putting out a a talk and a blog post and information about, cool, you're interested in DevRel. Here's what it actually looks like. Here's some information about it. Here's how to know whether that's going to be a good fit for you or not. Because I feel like there's so many people who are interested in this topic and there aren't resources for them. They don't know where to go. There isn't a collection of like, here's the top information that you should read to figure out if this is right for you. And so I think while the time is ripe for companies to be bringing more people on part of what I'm trying to help out with support whatever word you want to use is making sure that once those companies do bring people on into those community roles that those people are protected that they're set up for success that they actually know that the company actually knows hey, it's not just we want to bring someone in who's right for this role, but here's how we're going to support them, and here's how we're going to help them in this role, and here's the things that we're going to do to make sure that it's the right fit for them, rather than just bringing in a rock star community person and then going, cool, do your own thing for a few years, and then, oh, wait, no, mm mm-mm we can't do any of those things anymore and taking that all away and then leaving them just treading water, trying to figure out the right thing to do next.
2: Right. I I think, I think you're both kind of touching on kind of two sides of the same coin is Mm -hmm. the idea of evangelism and advocacy and DevRel has really grown and slowly organizations are realizing they have to grow their concept of it as well to, to be able to maintain it. Um, Which is interesting because I mean, two, three years ago, you would have had a company saying, well, what's the ROI and what, you know, what, what, are, what business need are we meeting with this? And they're slowly growing out of that to being like, we know we need this. So that was like, you know, more recently. And then it seems like towards the end of this year, it's it's more like we need this and we know we need this. How do we sustain it? Um, exactly. Which is interesting because on the other side, what Jason was mentioning is a lot of people wanting to get into DevRel. And the one thing we didn't really touch on is there's actually a lot of people who leave it quite often. Um, it is it is a hard job it is there's there's no doubt you know the travel is brutal the you know the amount of i'm just going to say the amount of shit you have to put up with between like you know a crappy conference who who isn't communicative and you don't know when you're supposed to show up or if you're even on the schedule to you know just a bad taxi driver who takes you to the wrong place three times anything in between. And it's like, Oh yes, your privileged life must be so difficult. It's like, no, believe me, we know we're privileged. It doesn't make it, you know, that doesn't mean every day is sunshine and lollipops and, and chess matches and, and limos. It's not. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. you know. And I
1: think, I think to me having the, you know, at the end of the day, if I'm on the road a lot, if I'm involved in a lot of things, if I'm dealing with a lot of crappy situations, like you just named off PJ, as long as I have a company who understands my value and who understands my worth and can help me out with balancing that workload and making sure that I'm still in a good place at the end of the day, mm-hmm. not just the company is still in a good place at the end of the day. If that's, if that's an understanding and I have that support and I'm set up for success in that way in the company, I can put up with those other things. And I think the unfortunate thing is there's so many people that I have heard from who are amazing, amazing at developer relations, who they're dealing with the crappy stuff at the conferences and the crappy stuff with travel and the burnout from all of that. Plus, they don't have the support from their company. Mm -hmm. And so they wind up leaving because it's not worth the struggle and it's not worth the burnout that they know that they're going to hit at the end of the day. So I think that's, that's the thing that I'm trying to kind of navigate and figure out a way to find how do we put some of these things in process how do we make sure that people understand Mm -hmm. this is what you need to do in order to do this successfully
2: maybe you should write a blog post about burnout
1: (laughs) Mm, imagine that Maybe you should go to my website and mm. see my blog post about burnout. Hmm. Mm. By the way, plug for that uh marygrace.community. You can find my my website. And that is a
2: long top level
1: domain. To it is, but it's a lot better than asking people to remember how to spell my last name. So you can also go to marythingwall.com. Marygrace.community is easier. Trust me. Um, but also, yes, so Prompts, which PJ was showing his t-shirt if you're watching the video, um, is an awesome place that like they're supporting people talking about mental health in in tech conferences and in the industry, um, which is amazing. And I'm I'm so grateful that more of that stuff is being talked about. But it's we have got a long road ahead of us to make sure that all those people who are so excited about developer relations are are actually able to be successful in this yes.
2: role. Our health yeah, that's
0: the one thing I, I definitely always anybody who comes to me and says, I'm interested. You know, plug me in. Who can I talk to? Like, I think this is a direction I want to go in. Um, I, I always let them know that um, you know burnout's real. Uh, there's a lot of people who did this and then just kind of fell off the face of the earth for a little while because they just they just needed to just completely get away from it because it's really it's really taxing mentally and physically. Um, and you know, the whole burnout thing is top of mind for, for most of us that have done this for a while, but I will like, I, in, and definitely take a, take a read, um, on Mary's blog on this whole thing, cause it's got a lot of great stuff, but just my best piece of advice to anybody right now who wants to get into this or, or, or wants to create evangelism or DevRel within their, within your company is rule number one, I think you should, should have, if like, you're going to manage this type of thing within is like, just thank your people, just like give them. credit and just say thank you for everything you're doing because that right there if you're just if you're not even getting any any of that that's for me like not not me personally but like that's what I see across the board where people just want to table flip and just just give up is because they're they're putting everything that they have into it they're they're take they're sacrificing time away from home with their family and their pets and their friends and everybody else and um, spending weekends and nights working on things, not because they have to, but because they they like to and they want to. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they, you know, they sort of deliver a thing or or just you know, gr- give a great uh, talk at a conference. <clears throat> but then they go home and it's it's really or not home, but back to their office or back to their, you know, conversations with others at work. And there's really not any kind of dialogue or. or you know, Hey, you know, you know, you've been out traveling a ton. Thank you for all your hard work. Like it makes a ton of difference when I hear those types of things, because if I'm out there just sort of doing my thing, which, you know, as you two know, you, you become kind of a lone wolf moving around and then you find your pack and you're there with the conference people. And then, and then you're often, you're a lone wolf again for a little while. And if you're not hearing from your managers and your coworkers and just, you know, getting some sort of not praise, but just at least a thank you. Validation. Um, yeah yeah yeah, exactly some something then that right there is you're on a fast track to to hating this job and and burning out and not wanting to do and have anything to do with it
2: and and, and in fairness this job is not for everyone Mm -hmm. um it, it i don't and i don't want to make it sound exclusive but it takes a certain amount of tenacity just to get over the whole being rejected from cfps constantly i think a lot of people see evangelists and they're like Oh, it's so easy for them. They're they are famous. They're rock stars. They get picked for all the talks. It's like, no, my acceptance rate it's like thirty six to forty percent. Like I get rejected all the time. Well, um, and it's just take a having, step back
1: from that. It's it's hard to even find the time to submit to all the CFPS. Yeah, the, the sheer number of create, CFPS. Right. It's hard to create that many talks. It's hard and it's draining to sit there and go, "Cool, here's the list of things that I need to do for." work so that I can pay the bills and check all the boxes for my company and then also I need to prepare a three minute talk for this conference (laughs) right like it's 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 a lot and that's part of the reason why and I've been talking about this for a while and I need to just sit down and do it so maybe by the time this is live it'll be done um because maybe this is the kick in the pants I need but just (laughs) writing up a blog post and and getting some input from the two of you definitely and others in the community as well that's just you know look here's Here's what Devrel is, and doing a pros and cons, and the good, bad, and ugly, and everything that you need to know. Like you're looking to get into Devrel, awesome. Here's what you need to know. Here's mm-hmm. what you should consider. Cool. You still want to do it? Great. Then here's some resources. Right. Here's some people to talk to. Here's some things to follow up on. So you've decided kind of to Devrel. Exactly. Exactly.
2: But no, I think you're absolutely right. And I think another thing, maybe, and maybe this should be be a be a. A hashtag similar to DevRel for the win is kind of, you know, DevRel IRL, you know, pictures of people, you know, stranded at airports when they're trying to get home for the holidays, pictures of people eating a shitty McDonald's dinner because that's all they have time for, you know.
1: Sick at an I, airport trying to get home from an event Oh, well, their flight was canceled. That was oh, me last yep. year, this time. Woo-hoo. I slept
2: in last year, last year, just a little bit earlier than this. It was in October. I slept in Skipple. There were mice yep. over my feet. Um, oh, they were doing construction <laughs> they were doing construction generally it's it's like one of my favorite airports but i mean but that in that in and of itself is a messed up thing i have a favorite airport that's not normal um but yeah i mean nice. and and i'm going to go back to the term rock star everyone always you know oh the dev evangelists are rock stars the devrel people are rock stars um having been a musician in the past let me tell you that the idea of the rock star lifestyle just is not the case like you know, rock stars have to perform till very late at night. They generally have to stay up and meet with fans until, you know, two, three, four in the morning. Um, they don't go out and party as much as you think. They usually stumble back to a lonely hotel room, sleep, get up at around five or six, get on a get on a shitty bus with a tiny sleeping space and go somewhere else. And that's if you're a really good rock star. You might be in a stinky van with two other people. That's That's the true experience. You might be sleeping on couches in basements. That's the true experience. It's not all, you know, yes, for one or two hours a night you get to be up on stage and and it's glamorous and it's fancy. And I'm not going to let, I love it. I love it when the lights come on and I see the crowd and they clap because someone said my name. Like that's the amazing part of the job. The other 23 hours of the day is often kind of shitty. Um, you know, it's, it's flights and, and cabs and buses and trains and not being late and making sure you're on time and, you know, running up on stage and no matter what you do, you have to be up there with a smile.
1: Right. Right. Um,
2: And that's, that's the tough part of it.
1: Yeah. This might get me a little bit of crap, but the only reason I'm referencing the song is because uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the voice or if you watch it.
2: I uh, was, I tried out to be a contestant on the voice.
1: Nice. All right. That's a whole other
2: story for a whole other (laughs) podcast.
1: different podcast I don't know um so there's a there's a young gal who's on the voice right now because it's the current season Um, and she did a riff on Britney Spears lucky this past week and like I'm not a Britney Spears fan I couldn't care less about most of her songs most of her music the riff that she did the version that she did of this song was fascinating because it's it's all about you know she's so lucky she's a star but she cries because she's thinking, if there's nothing missing in my life, why do these tears come at night? Mm-hmm. And I think there's so much, there's so much of that that can apply to what you were just saying, PJ. With like, we are lucky. We have mm-hmm. a fantastic opportunity. We get to meet really cool people. We get to do a lot of really cool things. We get accolades from the community and everything else. But and we've talked about doing a, a podcast about this as well. And maybe we should this coming year. But there's a lot of times when that can be really lonely.
2: Oh, absolutely.
1: and and I think part of it as well, you know we're we're talking about all the aspects of travel, and there's some folks that travel just isn't for them. And so you mm-hmm. get one or two travel you know trips into the job and you're sitting there going, Nuh-uh.
2: no, thank you. <laughs>
1: Right, and I think some of the most successful developer relations teams have figured that out and they go, cool, this person is really good at travel, is really good at speaking, is really engaged with the community, loves being on the road, cool they fill that slot, or there's a few of them that fill that slot. This person is really amazing with answering questions and building out sample applications and helping maintain GitHub libraries and SDKs and all of that. That person fills that slot. Mm-hmm. So I think there's, we're hitting so we a point where- We have content people
2: and your your blog people. Exactly,
1: and, yeah.
0: exactly. Yeah, I guess that's a, that's maybe something we, uh, it's a good point and maybe something we should do more of pointing out is, is DevRel or evangelism or community advocate, whatever title or uh, you know name we want to put on this it isn't just being on stage it might not be right might not be giving talks at all it might be really just writing technical blog blog posts it mm-hmm. might be um might be writing documentation yeah it might be things that aren't as glamorous but they're you know becoming a lot more um, just of a requirement, you know, especially within sort of the industry that we're in APIs are popping up all over the place. People want to be, be able to like leverage those companies want to teach people how to leverage those. Um, so I, I don't want to like paint this picture of this is a role where you're constantly writing abstracts, submitting CFPs and, uh, traveling to, you know, Amsterdam and then giving a talk. Like that's not really how it works. That Those are the, those are the good yes when it works out like that but it's actually uh, a lot of conversations a lot of handshakes a lot of time at at the booth probably uh, trying to recall Mm -hmm. names of the person that you did meet two years ago and they remember you but you don't remember them and there's a there's a lot of like nuance and there's sort of things behind the scene we were talking about how it's hard to not like get sick at some point during the year Um, but you know like I'm going to Japan in February for two weeks to go snowboarding and I'm not paying for the airline at all because right. I have you know, miles from all these trips. So there's there's like that other side of the thing uh, that sort of makes it all worth it. Well, there's lots of things that make it all worth it, but it, it, it is a big spectrum. I've always hated like that rock star sort of mindset of, of, of really anything. I mean, in the DevOps right. community, we try very hard to eradicate the idea of rock star engineers and ninja engineers and all yep. these people. The, the the superhero culture is probably one of the worst things for oh
2: well, absolutely the whole people. rockstar ninja wizard yeah. thing yeah.
0: definitely
2: <clears throat> i have a talk that addresses just that let me submit it to your cfp um <laughs> actually, i think i did and i think i did that talk at devops days rocky rockies but uh yeah so we're running a little low on time here so we okay. should probably wrap it up so year-end takeaways you you both knew this was coming. You you designed the podcast.
1: It's true. It's true. <laughs> if you need me to go
2: first, I, I will of course I will of course go first.
1: Yeah, go uh, first.
2: Need I'm gonna I'm gonna mention two things: one semi technical, but also musical, and also some suggested reading that has nothing to do with either of that. Um, but uh, we we were kind of joking around a little bit about it in, in the beginning. I don't know if it was when we were recording or not, but uh, Spotify had a really cool feature this year called 2017 Wrapped. Um, so if you're a Spotify user, very cool way to see how many minutes of Spotify you've listened to, what your top tracks were. There's a nice playlist for you. Um, some of it's not that great, like the suggested, you know, things you missed out on the ones that got away playlist is all basically corporate radio crap that they want you to buy. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it is it is really cool to kind of see your stats, like, you know, see what song you, you listen to the most. Um, and it's, and so it's a bit interactive. It'll be like, what do you think it is? What do we think it is? Let's see if PJ and somewhere. I
1: have very different music preferences. Turns yeah. Out,
2: in um, case
1: you couldn't guess, one of that, us. You
2: know? One of us has amazing music taste.
1: <laughs> I completely what, agree. What? Thanks, DJ. I'm, I'm, I'm dropping Thank the you. sentence right there. <laughs>
2: oh, just, just one of us has <laughs> amazing music taste. Um, but yeah, no, it's very cool. And if you're on Spotify, you're probably going to get an email or something like that letting you know. If not, look, look, just Google 2017 Wrapped, Wrapped uh, Spotify, and it'll show you. Um, the other thing that I wanted to mention was uh, I read this amazing book this year. It took me months, and I'm generally a fast reader, but this was a 600-some page book called *A Distant Mirror*, um, and it was a it was a Pulitzer Prize-winning book uh, by Bar- Barbara, I believe it's pronounced Tuckman, uh, and it was it's it's actually about 14th century France. And the thing that made the book interesting was it talks about the plague and it talks about you know, various political things that were going on and how the plague affected that and, and kind of the ruling class and what made it interesting, what made it such a great read was the comparison of the way things are going today, whether that be in corporate life or, you know, in in politics and kind of the, Oh, it's amazing that this is, this is, uh, you know, 700, 800 years ago and, and not much has changed kind of in a sad way, but it's definitely interesting to kind of get that glimpse of life. Um, so definitely, I recommend it. A Distant Mirror by Barbara Tuckman. I'll add the links into the notes so that we have them. Um, but yeah, those are my takeaways from 2017.
1: Cool. I'll go next. Um, so I mentioned... these guys earlier i don't think we were recording yet but um i through a series of unfortunate circumstances have a brand new laptop um, which isn't a bad thing but um, one of the things that i love about getting new laptops is the choosing of the stickers which will go on them Um, and years ago i decided that i couldn't do stickers from conferences on my laptop because i always got so bummed when i lost them so, those now go on a shipping envelope that is my laptop sleeve, and then I can reuse those that 's a whole other topic um, but anyway i usually I usually go on Amazon and find you know two or three one that 's big for the for the outside and then two or three that go on the the inside um, and I stumbled on one this year that is fairly simple um, and it just says, "Do what you love, love what you do um, and it's i 'm sure we 've all heard that phrase before i 'm sure we 're all familiar with it. It's been hitting me a lot harder this year, Hmm. Um, just from the aspect of, you know, I, I live an incredibly privileged life that I'm able to take this time and do things on my own, and I have the runway to be able to do that, and a partner who supports me who is hugely supportive as well, but at the end of the day, if I don't love what I'm doing, it's not worth it. Because it takes too much of my time. It takes too much of my effort, too much of my energy. Um, and so just really focusing on, you know, taking, taking stock of the things that I'm involved in, the things that I'm doing on a regular basis and figuring out, you know, is, is that thing really worth it? Am I really actually enjoying it? And if not, set it aside for a time. And sometimes it's not just for a time. It's permanently. But figuring out what are those things that I actually truly love that are going to Give me the energy that I need to to get through the day and help prevent burnout so that's that's been one of the biggest things, and I love that I have a sticker that's reminding me of that um, My guilty pleasure right now, I mentioned it earlier is probably the voice uh I love the I love the premise of the show. I love how they approach it. I love the performances it's just it's it's a nice end of the day. Uh, I don't need to pay attention super hard, but they capture my attention and, and it's fun to watch. So those are my things for right now.
2: And in case, yeah, because I did mention that I was on the show, I get quite a few emails. I, I wasn't on the show. I tried out for the show, <laughs> but I do get quite a few, quite a few emails. And if you are interested in in looking into the voice, their auditions for next season are already starting.
1: Nice. Hmm.
0: Cool. Well, um, so for me, I think I, I definitely want to echo what you just said, Mary, I think uh, the reflection time has been um, kind of a a key thing for me. This is my uh, fourth year of, of evangelizing, I feel like. I don't know, which feels like twice as long as what I probably should have done. Um, and It's definitely uh, twice as long as the average. Yeah, yeah. yeah you've got um, the
1: 18-month beat. that's for sure.
0: Yeah, so... Uh, there's not a lot of time for reflection time when you're. I mean, there's you're sitting on the airplane sometimes, and I'm, you know, I got my nose in a book or, or whatever, and I, my mind starts to wander. But I really don't. I, I don't know. Like, it, it's so important, and I think I'm getting better at it. But it's, it's something we don't um, maybe spend a lot of time thinking about. What is it that we like to do about you know within this job, within the within evangelism community roles? What do we really like doing? What do we don't like doing? I've been approached about you know, helping out in different areas with like business development or product marketing. And there's other, you know, th- other things I could contribute to at VictorOps and, and I'm sure, you know, it would be fine. But, uh, you know, I was just telling you, you two before the, we started recording here, today I'm given sort of a year-in review, year-in DevOps wrap-up to, uh, to the company at VictorOps later this afternoon. And so I've had some time to like think about you know, the year and what's going on. And uh, I don't know, like I never really give my give myself a chance to do that, but it's, it's good. And I think important for us to make sure, um, you know, as I'm putting together these slides, which is only going to be, you know, witnessed by, you know, just, just Victor ops. I'm thinking to myself, this is what I, I'm good at. This is what I like doing, I'm like getting right, re- thinking about what big ideas can I share with people and get their gears turning. Um, I don't know, I, it sounds stupid, but I, I actually enjoy like putting together talks and i think is if you're going to be a speaker like that's important if you can't stand putting you know the idea of like building another deck then you're probably not you know this isn't going to be good for. You. <laughs> maybe um, this isn't for you <laughs> yeah and i'm not saying you have to love powerpoint i never use powerpoint uh, you don't have to it's not about the tool it's about the it's about communicating information to people and what, however you want to do that is is totally you know um the creative process for for you. But um, yeah, I think it's important to make sure that what you're doing, you actually love. And I've I've had to sort of do a a little bit of a soul searching and and sort of gut check with myself as we get into the end of the year and thinking about, you know, 2018 and and what's going to happen then. Uh, I have to make sure, and I think all of us have to make sure that this is really the direction we want to go. And I feel like you two, um, specifically in the last, you know, six months or so have made some really tough decisions to make sure that you're still, you still love what you're doing. You're still in in this space, in this sort of slice of tech, um, but you're doing it on your terms. And and it's, I know it's harder. I can I can tell. <laughs> um, there's a lot there's a lot more involved when you kind of go off on your own. But um, seems like both of you are, are very happy, and I think that that's something all of us should should strive for. So reflection time I think is is a big thing. Uh, something completely different, but but very important, and I think, is has been a positive sign from from my um, vantage point. Is sort of the diversity constructs of of um, you know com- of our community evangelism and efforts and all that thing. I feel like I've seen a lot more women uh, and just you know people of of sort of different uh, backgrounds and and uh, walks of life, and I think that that's really good. And I feel I have to give all of us a pat on the back for really sort of. Encouraging more people to to bring their voices in, and and, and making it a, a safer space for people to want to submit talks, and you know that's not something that just sort of happens naturally. And there 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 are a lot of people within our community, I would say everyone within our community, who's very welcoming and very encouraging, and you can like I mentioned earlier, stuff that's going on over at Microsoft. You know they've now hired in some of the top women evangelists in the world, and um, and I think that that's uh, that's a it's an important thing to pay attention to and note it and note and, uh, and continue. I think all of us should, should do that. Some of my best, best friends uh, within, within the sort of evangelism space um, are, are trying very hard to sort of make sure everybody feels welcome and it's a very diverse voice that we have. So I think that's, that's important. But then on the other side of that coin, too, um, obviously we see it in the news almost every day now. Somebody else has harassed somebody. Um, no kidding. And it's, so far, it's been mostly, uh, mostly men who have harassed women or children, which is terrible. Um, and I think that's, uh, that's something that it, it, it's, it's kind of, it, it sucks. We hate to hear about any of this stuff, but I feel like we're, we're taking a little bit of our own medicine here just by having the conversations about it. And it's not, it's not just men that are harassing women. It's women harassing men. I don't think that gets raised as much. Yeah. Um, but it's, but the fact that these are, uh, these are conversations and they're tough conversations, but they're coming up, I think is, you know, it's that t- you have to take your medicine thing. Like this is something we, we actually have to talk about and deal with. Mm-hmm. So, um, and and it's not just in like, you know, politics and it's not just in like, you know, huh. math- People, you know, it's just—it's it, everywhere, and it's the something. Day to day life. I mean, yeah, and, and just like you know, the Time Magazine, I think that just came out the People of the Year. Yeah. Like they've highlighted the importance of that. So it's a—it's a theme, it's a thread that runs through a lot of different areas, and mm-hmm. and it's not—we're it, uh, not—we're uh, no different. You know, our okay. industry has this stuff too. So it's Absolutely. something that we have to speak up and point out. And,
1: and, and I think it, it goes back to, you know, the the expectations that we have of our community and the expectations that we have of the people that we surround ourselves with, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and this is total tangent, but related to what you were just talking about, I I actually completely agree that it's not just men, it's women as well. Um, we had an interesting experience walking through Nashville, I was crossing a street and someone grabbed my butt and I went what and like turned my head around and this woman and her girlfriend are standing behind us walking across the street behind us and she kind of winks at me and keeps going and I had this moment of like hang on what just happened and also like right but it took me a second to get to a point where I was like no that's that's just as not okay as if it had been man, and it's the same.. it's the same impact, to me, it's the same experience, it's the same feeling.
2: Same level of violation.
1: Same level of violation, exactly. And so I think more so than you know, we need to be, yes, we need to be telling men, hey, what you're doing is not cool. But overall we need to be telling people in general, stop and think about what you're doing. Stop and Mm -hmm. think about the way that you're treating people. Stop and think about the way that you're talking and the way that you're referring to people. Um, Robin Bergeron had a tweet thread last night. She's down at KubaCon right now. Um, and I would encourage you to go back and look at it. I'll try and put it in the show notes. I'll see if I can find it. Um, about just you know what it's been like being at an open source conference and her experiences talking to people who are just bashing the work and bashing the other open source projects that people have dedicated time sometimes their own time outside of work that they aren't getting paid for and their livelihood too and just this realization of you know we've got to be more empathetic we've got to be more kind we've got to be more aware of what we're saying what we're doing how we're talking what we're what we're focused on and what our priorities are so i think it's it's an interesting Interesting concept that can apply to a lot of different things.
0: Yeah, and on that it's note, a cultural, it's a cultural thing too. A lot of, a lot of it. I, you know, we travel all over the place, and it's better in certain pockets of the country or certain pockets of the world, and it's way worse in others. And it's oh, absolutely. Um, I think it has a lot to do with your surroundings. Has a lot to do with how you're raised. Um, has a lot to do with types of movies and TV shows and music. Like it's, we're just bombarded with things from all directions, and mm-hmm. and. Um, but, uh, it is comforting to know that, you know, we can, we can, we feel comfortable having these conversations and continuing to have these conversations and just, um, you know, make sure that, cause I think a lot of people would, would recognize when, you know, if like I had seen Mary, that, that interaction happened to you, um, you know, 10 years ago, maybe even five years ago, I, you know, I wouldn't really thought much about it. You know, I've been like, well, that was kind of weird. And I hope, right. but but now I would be, you know, if I would have saw it, I would have said, I probably would would have said something. Mm-hmm. And I think that more and more of us are are getting to that place where we recognize things that, you know, it wasn't blatantly harmful, but it it, it there was something there was yeah. not right, you know, right. and we're okay, we're okay pointing that out now.
1: Right, right. We're, exactly. we're
0: we're more comfortable pointing that out.
1: Yeah, and I think for, as a commendation, I think that's the right word I'm looking for. Uh, <laughs> exhortation to to other developer relations folks, other community managers out there, like we're we're on the forefront of a lot of things. We're the ones that are often writing the codes of conduct and enforcing them and making sure that those standards and those expectations are in place. Mm -hmm. And I encourage us to take this a step further and not just make sure that we aren't being rude and we aren't violating people's personal space and everything else, but that we're setting the example of how people should be acting because we are often on stage we are often all over the country in all different places dealing with all sorts of different people and so for us to kind of take that mantle on and and hold ourselves to a higher standard so that we can show what should be happening in the community to to the folks that we're serving in the community
2: and maybe maybe that's the wrap-up point to kind of bring everything together you know we we are and pun fully intended, we are the voice. We are the ones up on stage. We are the ones with the platform. We are the ones who should be using it to make things better. Mm-hmm. And if you're not, then then to go back to, we've said it so many times, maybe DevRel's not for you.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah.
2: So on that note, since we've gone, I think for an hour now, it's gonna be a very long episode. <laughs> um, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Community Pulse. Uh, I am PJ Haggerty and you can find me at Asplenik on Twitter.
1: I'm Mary Thingvell. You can find me at Mary underscore Grace on Twitter.
0: And I'm Jason Hand, also on Twitter at Jason Hand. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you in 2018. Bye.